Welcome to the Community Corner, the podcast powered by Bevy. I'm your host, Beth McIntyre. In this show, I interview community builders from all spaces in the industry. Stay tuned for actionable strategies to learn and community stories to love, all in 15 minutes. I'm excited to have my next guest, Stephanie Louie, who is Senior Director of Community and Developer Programs at Pega Systems. Today, Stephanie shares the story of her journey from product manager to community manager. She talks about how she views the community like a product and how that helps get more resources and drive growth. Thank you so much for joining me on The Community Corner, Stephanie. It's a pleasure to have you. It's very nice to be here, Beth. Thank you for having me. Well, first of all, I'd love if you can describe what Pegasystems is and what exactly it is that you do in your role. Absolutely. So Pegasystems crushes complexity. But what that means is we solve hard business problems through intelligent automation while providing great customer service and experience. So it's an open platform that comes with out-of-the-box solutions, but also allows our clients to expand on it, which is great. But then my role is to ensure that that is adopted and utilized the right way by our clients. So we want, if you put something out the door, but no one knows how to use it, okay, so what? But then also engage with other people, help others, and then grow the community of people that can utilize that technology and then recognize those individuals. So my role is on the the latter front to ensure those three things happen for both PECA and for our clients and individuals. Awesome. Okay. Sounds pretty straightforward. And I mean, it makes sense to have a space where your customers can come together and like learn how to be better at a product, not just technical help, but how do I be better at using this? And so We all know there's no straight path to community management because we've all come from different backgrounds and educations and experiences. Shout out to all the theater kids out there who found themselves in community management. (laughs) And I know you came from product. So how did you find yourself in community? You know, it's interesting. It's so funny because I agree with you. No, there's no straight path. So I was in product um, because I come from, I didn't even think I was going to be in engineering because I, majored in math, but then I found myself in computer science and then I found myself in product, but then I also have a real true belief that community, like the relationship between people and learning is key to anyone's growth. And I saw a big opportunity in PEGA where we weren't amplifying on that need for every person, which then amplifies PEGA. So then I took that jump and have really been able to utilize my team to bring communities a differentiator for PEGA. You know, you have the best experience to answer this question. What can product management teach us about community management? That community is a product. Oh, okay. (laughs) I think that's huge. So often companies approach community as a sidecar. Like, oh, let's just do engagement or let's just do something on the side. But community is a product from a site, from an experience. So if you put something out there, do people know what you put out there? And not just product. Like if you announce a feature, sure, you're going to do the content and you're going to do discussions around it. But the site itself and the engagement programs on their own are a product. So how are you going to launch it? How are you going to manage it? How are you going to continue to evolve it? It's a product. And I think a lot of times we don't approach it as a product. I 
appreciate you saying that. And that kind of gets my brain going because when you think of a product, one product has multiple people helping market, helping build on it, helping, yeah, engage with customers and users. So you've got all of these people behind one product. But when you look at community, oftentimes it's a small team, if not a team of one who are building the community, they're engaging with the users, they're marketing the community. So, I mean, I don't even, I don't have a question. I'm just like kind of realizing this. (laughs) Well, and that's the thing I actually didn't say before what my job is at PEGA, but one is the external piece of community. But the other thing is internal community needs to be thought of in all of the different departments so that you have people not only moderating, you have people doing everything that you just talked about to support it. But yes, we have to have the dev team. We have to have the QA team. We have to have all of the the background stuff, but we have to have to have it be front and center when we release something to figure out what the pages are going to be, how we're going to entice and engage. So that's a big part of making it a product in the organization. And then you have to operationalize it, but it's a process and you know we're working on it. But like you said, sometimes it's one person, but we're lucky to have a team, but we have to utilize the entire organization and then have it be part of the bigger story. Yeah, 100%. Jeff Hudson, who's the CEO of Venify, famously said at CMX Summit in different words, it's not what community can do for you. It's what you can do for community. So like, like you said, calling on the sales team, calling on the marketing team, calling on the other orgs within your company to help you build a product. Yep, it is. And then the requirements of the product, that's the other piece, right? So I think a big shift is not only community is a channel for internal people to put out their message, but what does the external community need? And put, putting those into requirements and then building that into the services that you offer is another big piece as well. So that you're ensuring you basically refill, you take into consideration all of your users from partners to clients to individuals. Like you take in all of those requirements and then you do the requirements gathering, you do their planning. It's, it's a product. Yeah, totally. And so what are some of the, programs that you run in your community to help you drive your overall goals? So there's the standard programs, right? We have leaderboards, we have badging programs, you know, we're starting an MVP program, everything that everyone expects. The biggest thing I would say that we did, as I was talking about the shift, is internal programs to recognize internal people contributing to the community. So internal people would be like, okay, well, I just ship my product and it supports problem to answer the questions. That's not what we need. We need internal product experts to answer questions on the community so that they can get their answers. So we have had to do, and this was huge in making it a part of, you know, the remit of everybody at PEGA to be a part of community. Okay. What group is going to answer the most questions on community this month? So we ran internal competitions and that really changed um, how everybody thought of it with respect to what they did. And it was huge. It was awesome. I think that gamification, like adding those rewards and those badges can go so far. What is some of your advice for someone who's just kind of starting to think of a gamification program or implementing some kind of reward system like that? Start small. 
Absolutely start small. Just start with the really simple things. Oh, go in there, you answer one, you answer five, you get this little candy badge, you get recognition. It is not about swag. Everybody thinks it's about swag. Swag is cool, but I have so many water bottles, I can't even count them all in my cupboard right now. But it's recognition within the community. And I think that's the biggest thing. And you can do it in a unique way versus quantity. So it's quality over quantity. And then it's also unique type of recognition versus just, hey, here's another water bottle. Yeah, that's good advice. And you said you're starting your MVP program, I would say. And we run a similar, like an MVP style program at CMX. And I would say that for the most part, the people who are in that program say the reason they love it or the reward they like the most is that recognition in the community, is being seen as a leader in the space. It's not the water bottle. It's not even the free training. It's the the fact that their name is recognized in the space. Yeah. Yeah. And then the other piece of it too is the name is recognized and then they get the opportunity to speak at different events or it is kind of a all of that 360 view of like, hey, thank you. And we'll thank you and give you that recognition and then give you other platforms. And then it's beneficial to both parties. Mm -hmm, Totally. So you inherited this community, which you would call an enablement community when you kind of came on. So what were some of the steps that you took in order to build upon what already existed and turn it into, quote, a full community? (laughs) Yeah. And I think there's a lot of heritage there. A lot of communities stem from either enablement or support communities. We've had a little bit of both, but you're right. It was totally enablement. But what we did was both transition enablement just from certifications to a badging approach, which recognized more than pure training. Great. So you went and took the training on Peg Academy, but then you also attended webinars or you watched this tech talk video, or you did all this 360 view of things that actually led to, yes, your enablement, but it's richer than just the training. So maybe training past is a better way to say it. And then we also introduced the 360 view of other ways that you're engaged. So what's your project history? Did you successfully deliver a project? And then the events and all the other things that you can engage in a community level up to this badge and how you engage with the community. So that's important. So we implemented that, but that's not the end game, right? So are we using that in our business strategy? And that's the other key piece. It's not just making sure this on community, but we're using that as partners and clients and individuals look at their profiles. Be like, are you engaged in community in 360 view? Because you have to give back, you have to prove your knowledge and not just take it. So I think that has been a key differentiator in turning it into something more than just an enablement community. Right. So you spoke a little bit about like, it's not just the number of trainings, or it's not just the number of webinars you go to. So I'm curious to know, what are some of the metrics that you, Stephanie, track to prove the success of your job and your community? So You can look at the number of questions and you can look at the number of answers on a forum. But the biggest thing is, was that answer helpful? So we ensure that if an answer was helpful or voted up, then it's not just, as I said, not just not quantitative, it's qualitative. And that's really important. So that's a big piece. And then it's the number of helps 
or I mean, I found this post helpful on your discussions. So it's the feedback loop. So it's not just, honestly, it's not just quantitative, it's qualitative because it's the community giving feedback to each other. Yeah, totally. And it's sometimes hard to find that balance because, well, I'll say that when we're reporting on CMX engagement and stuff, uh, we always leave room for that like gut feeling. You know, you can say, yes, we had an increase in this, we had a decrease in this, but like, did it feel like it went well? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And the feeling is hard because we've got like a big volume, but we use that as a gut check and be like, okay, it's been an increase and decrease. So to your point, it's not just pure numbers, it's an increase or decrease. And it may be small, but even an increase is better. And then we can lean into that and do more, right, based on that behavior. Cool. Okay. We have time for just one more question. And this is the one that I ask to everybody. Who is a community builder that you would love to grab lunch with? And this name is not going to be a surprise to anybody that's listening in. It's going to be Erica Cool. (gasps) I know. She's awesome. I have had the opportunity to talk with her a few times. But the reason I do say that is she knows how to be scrappy. As I've talked to her with her journey, um, kind of where we started is how she went door to door and got people to, you know, chip in, you know, from the money that they found in their couch cushions. It's kind of how we've had to start. And I think a lot of communities have to start because you can't, it is hard to start a community. I think everybody thinks it just happens and it's not something that a company should kind of invest. You have to make a case, which is hard versus like, you're just going to go in and you're going to do it and you're going to find the people and you're going to find people that believe in it and can find those pennies And I loved talking to her about that because I think that's a lot of ways communities start. So I'd love to not only have lunch with her tomorrow, but on a regular basis since we continue to grow. (laughs) It's a good point. I think not only do you have to make that case and, you know, really drive home why you want to start this, but then you also have to be like, oh, and P.S., we aren't going to see a return for at least six months because like this is going to take a long time. You have to build relationships and build trust and that doesn't happen overnight. Well, and the other thing about is it's not a science, right? You can't put dollars, you can't really put ROI dollars on community. It's all conjecture and like, oh, well, hey, these clients, like, so we can break down our community members by org. These people renewed X percent more than this other one. Is it directly related? Not necessarily, but it's conjecture. So it's really hard to make a case. You can do some of that, and I think you should. So I think data is actually really important in building a community, um, but it's still not a science. So I think you should put those numbers together, but it, you're still going to have to go and do those scrappy things and get people to buy in that believe in the value of community. Yeah, 100%. I feel like we could talk for another 15 minutes just about that. Like, how do you connect the storytelling and the data? And who do you tell which story to? But we don't have that much time. So maybe I'll invite you back for a part two. (laughs) Well, thank you so much, Stephanie. Uh, It's been so wonderful to talk to you and hear your experiences. Thanks for joining me. All right. Thank you, Beth. Have a good afternoon. Thank you so much for listening. If you liked the show, please leave a review on Apple Podcasts. If you'd like to learn more about how to create your own community, go to pod.bevy.com. That's pod.bevy.com. This is the Community Corner, and I'm Beth McIntyre. 